Welcome to We Kill Tanks Radio, a 2CR production. Never scripted, always relevant, and on topics you want to hear about. As always, feel free to reach out if you have a topic suggestion or you would like to be on the show. Getting the ESB for anybody in the MI troop or somebody who's in a similar position shows that you care about the job you do and you also care about being a good soldier. You know, you learn more from your failures than from your success. Everything that you wish you had on Weapons Day is exactly what you have on Medical Lane. Hey, I joined the Army to fix air conditioning units. Okay, but a part of you still wanted to play with guns. If you're not willing to do that for yourself, what are you willing to do for your soldiers? I am Command Sergeant Major Burke. Today, I have some people that have earned their expert infantry badge and also some people that have earned their expert soldier badge. Today's podcast is going to be about these subjects. It's not necessarily going to just be about, you know, what it took and, you know, what they went through in their pursuit of earning these two awards, badges, or however you want to kind of define it but also why they think it's relevant to their current job, why it makes them successful, why they feel it'll make them successful going forward, and also why it's important as a leader to do these kind of events. When you think about EIB or ESB, it is a master of the fundamental tasks. Varies, it can be 35 to 42 different tasks, 80% on all the physical requirements. For EIB, it's a four-mile run. For ESB, it's a two-mile run at 80%, and then a 12-mile ruck. So not only does it test you mentally and your ability to execute tasks to perfection, but it also tests you physically. I would also say for test week, you have to have some endurance as well. And you got to have some mental resiliency, especially if you happen to be blade running. I can't speak for that. I was not blade running. Uh, I believe I went true blue. That might be a lie. It was 1999, so that was a long time ago. Okay. So I can't totally remember, and maybe I've propped it up in my memory. Before we kind of get going, I'm going to allow everybody to introduce themselves that dialed into the podcast or is in the studio with me, and I will start with the highest rank first. First Sergeant Gabriel Rodriguez. I am an infantryman, 11 Bravo, representing Apache Troop 12CR. War Eagles. My name is Sergeant Caleb Humphrey. I belong to Apache Troop 12CR. I am an 11 Bravo infantryman, and I fall under uh, First Sergeant Rodriguez in First Platoon. War Eagle as well. This is Sergeant Cortez. I'm with FST32. Um, my MOS is a 91 AC heater repair. I am with FST First Sergeant Colvin. Wolfpack. Hello, I'm Specialist Meekins. I am a 35 Tango, a military intelligence systems maintainer and integrator, and I am currently attached to Wolfpack, stationed in EFP, Bamoa Fiske, Poland. All right. Thank you, everybody, for introducing yourself. First question is, what do you think made you successful uh, in your pursuit of your EIB or ESB? And the reason that we ask that question is because we are getting ready as a regiment, 2CR, to hold another one starting on the 18th of May. And everybody will be eligible to test for this. But the reason I'm asking you what took it to make you successful is because we want to get this out so that people can hear this before they go test it for themselves. My story as far as EIB goes, I'm not going to lie. I just got back from ranger school. The thought of having to train and do the training and the physical portion for my EIB wasn't necessarily something that I wanted to do. I'm not going to lie. I was an immature specialist. 
However, you know, I was pretty much told you're going to do this as a specialist. Pretty much about after the second day, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get my EIB because I've already invested this amount of time. And then, you know, since then, I've realized the importance of it. Being able to master those fundamental tasks is important in and out of combat. But also as a leader, being able to train them is just as important. Any one of you, you know, if I was to ask you to give a class on the tasks that you had to do for EIB, you would be able to do it very quickly. I mean, you would be able to do it in a way that your soldiers that you are instructing would understand what you were trying to get across from the hands-on portion to the technical side of things. That's what we, quite frankly, need more of in our Army. Okay, so with that, uh, who wants to go first and talk about what made them successful in the pursuit of their EIB or ESB? I remember I was coming out of the box in Holmesville from Dragoon Ready uh, 19, and my sergeant major at the time, he... Uh, I heard that guy was yeah, a real Yeah, it was rough. Asshole. It was, no, oh my God. And then I, I was really stressed out because the job that I had at that time was uh, it was just, he just came with a job. And coming out of the rotation, I was extremely exhausted, physically, mentally, emotionally. I was just tired. And this was a Friday night. I already knew I was going to go to EIB. It wasn't a surprise to me, but... I had to report to EIB that Sunday. So Friday, I went home, I cleaned all my TF-50, I cleaned all my stuff, I packed my bags, showed up back to Homesville on Sunday to start training up that Monday. I think the thing that made me successful was you have to empty your cup, forget everything you think you know. I mean, I, I went to EIB, I was in the Army for 15 years, I was in first class, I, I think I knew it all, of course. So there you was had a, to humble yourself. No, absolutely, sir. I mean, you know, it, it was the first time I went to EIB because I, I, other things came, I had other opportunities that came by and I always say, oh, EIB will come back around. Oh, but Ranger School only comes this one time. This other school only comes this one time. So I put it off to the side and it was a time that I was like, you know what, it is time for me to do it now, I'm going to go for it. If So with that, it's, it's never going to be a good time. So take that from my lesson do it now do it as soon as you can i had to humble myself yeah i had to forget everything i think i knew and i had to really empty my cup go in with an open mind and listen to the specialist who was gonna determine the outcome of my future in eib tell me how he wants it done because it's not about him it's about how is the standard what is the standard on the task what does the book say and then i had to pretty much do it like how he told me to do it and one task at a time it's going to work out that was it first sergeant rod was a sergeant first class at the time and you know he had a little bit of pressure uh you know i don't know who his sergeant major was but his last name rhymes with merc hmm. but he may or may not have said in uncertain terms that uh, if you do not pass eib you will no longer be a platoon sergeant <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh I, I just messed around I, I did not say it just like that he didn't he did yeah, we did sit down and have a conversation about how important as a senior leader it was right. that you you know set the example and you go out and you do this so, okay. Uh, how about specialist uh, Meekin, ESB? What do, what do you think made you successful? So when I went to do ESB, the platoon sergeant that I was I'm attached to here at 3-2, which isn't my organic unit, I'm naturally a member of uh, Delta Troop Res back in Graf. Pioneers. I, uh, I was attached to 3-2 to come out and uh, help fix one of their systems. I was here for about a month. Staff Sergeant Bagai, he told me that they were doing ESB and that I was more than welcome to come along and attempt at it. And uh, I didn't even know what ESB was. I knew what EIB was, but I didn't realize ES had been approved. I went and knowing pretty much nothing about what was required, I uh, went and I read through the book. During each prep day, the graders, they stayed late and they were more than willing to help every single person that came up to them and uh, asked them for guidance. 
that was the real reason that I did so well. I spent as much time as I could with each of the graders and learned their lanes as best as I was able. A couple of points on that, you know, is your focus and your commitment. And, you know, maybe you didn't necessarily know the importance of it, you know, going into it, but you realized that very quickly as you were going through it. When I was looking at some stuff online, the, you know, slang terms, you know, badge protectors, you know, people, you know, purposely failing, students that are candidates that are going through, you know, so that they don't get awarded. And uh, that's a good thing, you know, that I think, you know, when we run in a brigade internal like this, that we can kind of prevent, that we run professional and fair. Okay, Sergeant Humphrey, how about you? I was more of a similar time to when you did it, Sergeant Major. 1999. No, 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 no. <laughs> so whenever I was going for my EIB, I really didn't want to do it. So I was in the sense of, I was six months out from my ETS date. Like, I was just going to leave, just get out of the Army. Like, I didn't really want to do it. Right. My platoon sergeant's like, hey, like, if you're going to tell your Joes that your Joes need to do it, then you need to do it as well. Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. I guess I'll just do it. Do whatever I can. I'll help my buddies do it. I'll help them for train up, and I'll test them all the time, and then just keep going for them. First couple days for a train up, that's basically what I tried to do. I just tried to be the best battle buddy that I can and right. just help, help my buddies get it. Because I know, like, I'm going to try if I'm there because you're going through a lot during the, the train-up portion. If you're doing land nav for however long you're doing land nav, you're walking through some very swampy terrain whenever I did it in Virginia. I crossed so many creeks, so many, like, rivers-type areas and just swamps that if you're going to suffer through that, you might as well just try for it. Yeah. So while I was in there and I was just not necessarily struggling but freezing – to a degree in which I would rather not do any other time. I found my will to compete for it. And then whenever we finally got to the testing lanes, both of my buddies that I was trying to get it, the first one was extremely confident in it, call for fires. And he double no-goed that within the first 30 minutes of being on oh, day one. Geez. So after that, I had to get it for him since I tried so hard to get him to get there. And he didn't end up surviving it. The main thing that helped me do it is trying to be a good battle buddy and help other people do it but also paying attention to the very very small the minute details, details yeah. and then respecting each task for what they are whenever i was grading in poland i had the mark 19 and there's a lot of guys who come up and they don't fully respect the mark 19 if you understand the sequence then it's fine but if you don't understand the sequence and actually respect it you just go up oh yeah yeah i got it go into test out you're going to be walking away hey you're no go go back to the retrain tent Okay, it's it's just what happens. Respect a, the task and the details. Yeah, and you got to focus. You got to, you can't focus on all forty tasks or thirty-five tasks. You got to take it one bite at a time, especially exactly. during test week. Okay, so Sarna Cortez, you were not successful in getting your ESB, and I promise no. you, I did not bring you on because we wanted to make fun of that. Okay, I think <laughs> in every failure, and uh, I can speak as a SAR major. I have failed more than anybody in this room, probably more collectively than anybody in this room. Um, and there's a lot to learn from that. And one thing I do know about you is you're fired up and you're going to try again. I mean, I fully believe you'll be successful when you do it again. But I want you to talk about your experience, um, you know, what, what kind of got you and, you know, what your focus is is going to be on being successful the next time around and the mentality you had, you know, despite all that. Yes, like you said, um, I didn't succeed, but I feel like I did in some way That's just awesome. because, um, you know, at first I was really upset about it that I didn't get it because it was something that I was really eager and I'm still very eager that I want it. 
but it sounds a little bit because I didn't get it. What helped me afterwards, after the whole process, was that quote at the PSB board, and it said, um, you know, you learn more from your failures than from your success, which is true because I feel like now I have all this knowledge. Even if I would have passed, I would have still had it. Now I know I know what to expect. I'm ready, so and I'm more fired up more than ever because I didn't succeed, and now I'm just like, I can't let this get me down. I need it. I have to get it. But I definitely feel like along the way when I was doing the ESB, something that was very successful for me was that um, the cadre was there very late. So for me, I had to get hands-on. And then even after we would go and rotate to a different lane, I would still stay back at the end after we had our own time to train on it and get my hands on it. And then, of course, not only just having the cadre there, but also having a buddy there, having somebody to be like, hey, can you watch me, correct me, correct me every move I make. If I make it wrong, tell me to stop, start all over. And I definitely think that was very helpful to have somebody, not only the cadre, but also somebody to study with. I feel like we can't just do it all alone. You sometimes need somebody to help you, to coach you, to mentor you. You know, I've, I've, uh, that that's great, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, Saran Cortez, and sharing that. I'm, I'm sure it's not it's not always easy to talk about it, and especially you know in a forum like this, you know. But I will tell you that uh, you know I've I've had my share of adversities, and you know I've done a lot of detailed things. That buddy that you can go through, you know, or that team that you can continuously just do the repetitive tasks and over and over again. So you just, you know, as the saying goes, you, you don't practice it to be perfect. You practice it so you can't get it wrong. Um, you know, that kind of mentality, you know, is, is pivotal, you know, from the EIB or, you know, I remember going through Jumpmaster, uh, which is a very technical school. You definitely have to, you know, get those reps under your belt and kind of do that. Okay. And I'm, I'm not trying to rub salt in the wound. I promise. What, what did you end up failing? So on the last day, you do the 12 miler. Yep. And I missed it by like a minute or so, less than oh, a minute. Man. I'm only 107 pounds. I'm 411. So I'm very short. I don't oh, weigh much. And this rock, and I was like, okay, this rock is not going to kick my butt. I got this. I got this. And so I was over here running, jogging, and I, I was dying half through it. But, and I was like, you know, I can't. And then even um, my first son was pushing me along the way. And he's like, come on, you're so close. Like, if you don't sprint, you are not going to make it. You're only a couple seconds off. Come on, you pick it up just a bit, you will make it. And I was trying so hard. My arms were moving as fast as they could move, but my legs were just not moving star major. They were just not going in. And I was like, well. Uh, we don't, we're not <laughs> laughing at you. We, we, I swear, we, we've I, all I am been right there. Now. We've all been there. Like, you know, you just, you, you can't make your body, your legs move yeah, any yeah, faster. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. We're not, <laughs> no, we're not laughing at you. Okay. We're laughing with you. But, yeah, and I was. So I was trying to push, but it just didn't happen. And then I crossed the line, and they were like, I'm sorry, you didn't make it. At first, I guess I was just shocked. I did everything. I managed to go through the lanes. I managed to just stay so focused and motivated, but the ruck got me. And it's, sometimes it's the last thing that you, it's that you expect. You know, that's what's going to get you. I feel like this next time i'm definitely gonna be more cautious about it i don't know maybe hydrate more or maybe you know like even now i'm rucking on my own personal time because i'm just like i I really want this it's hard but i feel like that shouldn't be something because you didn't get it it shouldn't be 
the final stone, you know, bowl you can get. If you practice makes perfect. Yeah. So if you really want it, you will go for it and you will get it. And and that's my thing right now. This ruck, after I do the ruck, it's an M, uh, a functions check um, yeah. for the M4. But I, I think that will be easy, and that's just another event that I'm going to have to focus on as well. But after that, that's it. After that, you have your ESB or your EIB, and you can wear it and just be so proud of it. Yeah. You're going to be even more proud of it. Just from me personally, I'm proud of you. I know that you did not you know, get it across the finish line in the end, but you went out. And everybody that goes out for their EIB, there's that feel of failure. And a lot of people just don't even do it because of that failure failure. And you threw it all on the line and you left it on the line and you still went. First Sergeant Rod has something to say. Hey, so the first time I went to Ranger School, I got a similar story. I made a mistake. I lost track of uh, an event and I failed the event and I went home with my uh, tail in between my legs. I used that as fuel to make sure the next time I try for it, the next time I went to school, I made it a point that I was not going to let that beat me up. And uh, you mentioned that the practice makes perfect, but I will take that a step further and uh, and say that perfect practice makes perfect, okay? If you practice something that is not working out and you get really good at something that is wrong, so make sure that you're practicing uh, and you're training yourself for that rope march in a way that you're not hurting yourself and then, like, completely disqualify yourself from trying again. Yep. Um, so kudos to you for going through everything. Don't let this put you down. Keep your head up and just stay motivated. So, and just so everybody uh, understands as well, 173rd's running an ESB EIB in September. Um, we're going to be able to send people to that. We are planning on running uh, ESB EIB for 2 2 in October up at BPTA again. And then uh, we will run one uh, this spring with 1 2, uh, probably April timeframe. We're still working out those dates. So, if you count that, the one that we're doing next month uh, for the regiment, there's going to be four opportunities. Well, I want you to understand that the reason for that is because this is so important. It is important for people to be those experts. So on that note, let's shift to another kind of thought. Why do you feel that it is important to be an expert? I'm in the MI troop. We have a lot of MOSs that are very specialized, and like uh, the UAS operators, uh, UAS maintainers, humanters, and siginters, people who go out and collect data uh, on the battlefield to be used Foxes and golfs, uh, they, they compartmentalize all the information. And uh, people like myself, 35 Tangos, who uh, fix computers. And we all do a really good job on our uh, specific MOS. But I feel on, on, the, on the whole, basic soldiering tasks are uh, pushed to the side because the job that we do is deemed important enough that those basic tasks aren't made a priority. And so I feel that, in my position at least, Getting the ESB for anybody in the MI troop or somebody who's in a similar position shows that you care about the job you do and you also care about being a good soldier. Yeah. And you want to put in the effort to show everybody that you care. You can now teach those to your soldiers, the people within your section, and uh, you're going to know how to do it very well. And it's important. And you know, we could sit here and we could go through a history lesson and we will not. But if you look at conflict, modern and past, there's many a times when people that maybe were not on the front lines or not, you know, didn't necessarily think they would be engaged in combat found themselves there. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just talking about that before we started. Is uh, I found myself in a, as a private out of basic training in in, uh, in Iraq in the yeah. invasion of Iraq, and I remember one instance my uh, my platoon sergeant was like, "We're down a gunner." We needed a, a guy to get on the on the 50 cal, 
And he was like, hey, you, Mensa, you're getting on the gun. Mensa was an attitude Yankee. Had no idea what he was doing. But he found himself in the front lines laying down the scunion with a 50 cal. So the, the importance about being an expert in your field is because it gives you the ability to then you can train other soldiers to do the exact same. Me as a specialist, whenever I got mine, it gave me the ability to teach a lot more classes and do a lot more things, teaching others to teach others and understanding the task in a level of proficiency that it requires to get your EIB. It gives you the ability to fully understand to where you can teach at a level that it doesn't matter who your audience is, you can break it down at any degree for them to understand it and be able to consume whatever that task is. And I'll take that a step further, Sergeant Major. To me, it's about, you know, you come in the Army that tell you leave the Army values, right? Right. We yeah. come in the Army that tell you you need to live by the Soldier's Creed. I mean, the Soldier's Creed says that I am disciplined, physically, and mentally tough, ten and proficient in my warrior tasks and drills. So if, if you no 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 no, so if you if you're living if you if you're a soldier who lives by the by the soldier's creed, this is your one chance to prove it. As an NCO, you know the the it's tells a chance you, to the, set the example. Exactly, you know, as a soldier, this is your chance to live by the creed. This is your chance to say, you know what, I want to be better. Yeah, I want to do some self development yep. because you are demonstrating the potential that you want to be better and you have the ability to retain the information, apply the information, yep. and then you can train, like Sergeant Humphrey says, other and become a leader and do development on your soldiers. NCOs tells you, that the creed tells us that I will remain technically and tactically proficient. You're going to say that one too? No. Okay. This is your one chance. I challenge you to take this chance and prove that you live by the soldier's creed, prove that you live by the Army, by, by the army values, and prove that you live by the creed of the non-commissioned officer. You know, and you, you look at you, Sergeant Rod, Ranger Tab, Air Assault Wings, Airborne Wings, Pathfinder Badge, okay, and a Combat Scroll and a CIB. Sergeant First Class, you know, going through and getting your EIB. You could make the argument that there's no need. <laughs> you no, know, there's right. no need for you to do it. What's funny about that is, is how many times were you looked at for Master Sergeant before that uh before that i was looked at three times three times and you finally were selected to become a yes. master sergeant um, and, and what happened before that before that i didn't have any ib it's as yeah. simple as that i mean i had yeah. all the qualifications of center sergeant major yeah so th this was all a leading question mm -hmm. okay the bottom line is is that i'm sure you know there there'll be somebody that could correct me on this but i don't know any Okay, I don't know any, and Rod, you can back me up, and, you know, Sergeant Humphrey, maybe you can back me up too. I don't know a single Master Sergeant, 11 Bravo, infantrymen, does not have their EIB. I mean, look at the data from the promotion board. 100% of selected yep. had their EIB. Yep, exactly. And the reason I bring that up is because ESB, the board criteria, the board guidance right now does not include ESB. But it will. Mm -hmm. It will. For DA-selected boards it will become a requirement, especially with the focus that it has and, you know, the focus on the fundamentals, mantra, and everything else. It will be a focus, and it will be the deciding factor. Plus, I mean, just do the math. There's not very many people right now in the community that have their ESBs. So you're instantly setting yourself apart from your peers by having your ESB, and especially when you talk about the talent management program. And then you look at it as a leader now. If I look at a soldier and I see they have their EIB or ESB, I instantly go, 
there's somebody I can rely on to teach the fundamental tasks. There is somebody that had intestinal fortitude, mental resiliency, a master of the fundamental tasks, and tried for something even though they knew that there was a risk of failure. Right. You know, and that was only going to help you, and that is only going to help you get promoted, but also just be a better leader. It's hard for us right here, okay, so, you know, I got three infantrymen, you know, in the, in the, in the room right now, for us to kind of understand that because EIB has been in, a part of our culture the entire time we've been in the Army. Uh, ESB is a little bit different because it's new, and people just don't quite understand that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're trying to do as an organization is, hey, this is important, and it is going to help you in the future for all, all those different reasons that I just specified. That's why we're doing it four times. Yeah. Four times. Uh, well, we're offering four opportunities over the next year. I mean, it's especially for the, the rest folks, those combat engineers, mm-hmm. the scouts yeah, in, in, in FA squadron. Um, those combat arms, MOSs, I think the ESB could become the discriminator just like it is for us infantrymen who don't have any IV and you're trying to get promoted to master sergeant. Absolutely. Yes, I would like to add to that. I think not only is it physically, does it look really good on somebody to have ESB or EIB as a, like, you know, a badge on your chest, I feel like because it's brushing up on all the fundamentals, that's something that when we go to combat, the enemy's not going to be like, oh, let me target you because you have this or you have that. That's definitely not the enemy. <laughs> yeah. You know, the enemy's just going to go straight for whoever he sees, for whoever's there. And you being ESB or EIB, you're brushing up on those fundamentals. You're going to know how to react what to do, whether it's in sequence or out of sequence, but you're going to know what to do because why? Because you had practice. You did the ESB, taught you how to do it. If we were in war or combat, it would definitely come into play. Of course it would. No, absolutely. There's a million applications of it, you know, and just to kind of highlight it is if I pulled a Mark 19 into this room or gave you guys one right now and told you, hey, load and clear it, you'd be able to do it. Crush it. Or, cre- you know, correct the malfunction, you know. You'd be able to do it, every single one of you. You know, I often tell about, you know, and this is going to age me, but the head spacing and timing for the old 50 cal, mm-hmm. I could still do that, and I have not done that. And timing. Yeah, I have not done that in probably 10 years. Yeah. You know, even though I did it in EIB almost 20 years ago, I could still do it. I couldn't forget it if I tried. And in combat, you know, and I'm glad that Sergeant Cortez brought that up, you don't rise to the level of your expectations. You fall to the level of your training and your conditioning. When bullets are flying, bombs are going off, and everything's, you know, chaos is unfolding about, around you, you're not going to be able to sit there and go, okay, I need to think through this, I need to think through that. You know, you're not even going to be able to do that stuff. You're going to almost muscle memory, and you're going to remember, hey, this is how I clear load, you know, correct stop the malfunction in my M4 or whatever weapon system or whatever we're talking about here. And, you know, and this is what our army needs to be. And, you know, and Sergeant Cortez, and I know Rodriguez, he'll perk up when I say this, but one of the things they used to talk about for convoys in Iraq was uh, they were less likely to hit hardened targets. Oh, you knew you were going to say that. Yeah, right? (laughs) And what it meant was is they usually didn't go for the targets that people were hanging out of the vehicles with weapons. Had, hard, yeah. you know yeah. machine guns on top 50 cals mark 19s yeah. and all kinds of stuff you know because they knew those were probably the infantry i mean and, and you can hear this on the on the, the wolf hounds and you got all these systems yeah, yeah, yeah. That are into, you can yeah, hear these guys that. telling you hey 
they're talking about you right now. They're not going to hit you because they know you're not a soft target. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you said that, Sergeant Cortez, and, and the enemy, the enemy will look at you and the enemy say, okay, you're soft. I'm going to take you down because you are an enemy and you are a target of opportunity. But with what you were saying, if you got your ESB, if you went through a train-up, you would understand all these basic skills and make sure that your unit is squared away and you're not yeah. going to look soft and you're not going to be a target of opportunity. And if the enemy tries you, you're going to crush them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this could be a twofold question. If they're not sure if they should test for their ESB, EIB, and if they do think that they should test, what would you tell them to do to get themselves mentally and physically ready? So whenever I looked at EIB, I looked at it as this is my chance, my opportunity to actually train on the weapon systems and train and do the fundamental things that I need to do in order to be good at my job. There's going to be a mentality change within some of the, the people competing for the ESB because they're going to have to look at that. So you can't look at it as this is a nuisance or like, I don't want to go to the field or I don't want to go do this. I don't want to do that. They need to understand that this is a self-developmental time where they actually have to develop. That's a great point. Yeah, they have to develop their core competencies that they have as an individual and as a soldier to where it's training. It's not it's you're uncomfortable for a reason because you're getting better. That's why you need to do it. If you're not willing to do that for yourself. Right. What are you willing to do for your soldiers? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. You know what I mean? Like if you're not willing to put yourself in a position that I say I want to be better. I want to take on this challenge and I might not succeed the first time, but I would grow and I will learn and I will continue to grow and learn until eventually I reach my end goal. If you don't understand that and you're not willing to do self-development, you are just not leader potential, not what the Army needs, and you are not going to put any effort into your soldiers. That's the way I see it. Whole lot of anger. No, I'm just passionate. I'm just passionate. I'm passionate. You know, I say that all the time. Don't think I'm mad. I'm just passionate. And I'm sorry <laughs> if it comes across as anger. I'm just passionate. And you and know, I, passionate. And, no, I know you are, Rod. You know, you are a very, very passionate leader, and I, it is one thing I appreciate about you. So, Humphrey, I, I do have a question for you, and it, ever since you said it, I've been wanting to ask it. Do you think getting your EIB changed your mind about reenlisting? I had a feeling that you're going to ask that question. I would I'm not that bright. It was probably pretty obvious, but okay, go ahead. Um, I would believe it did because I was six months from my ETS date, just going to get out. I was going to try to stay in the Virginia area. Let me guess. You were going to work for your dad? Oh, no, no. Go to college. I was going to go to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was planning on going to, I can't even remember now because it's been so long, but I was going to go to one of the uh, community colleges in the area and I was going to go for kinesiology and then I was going to try to stay in like the strength and conditioning coach style background. Because I didn't feel like the Army had what I needed and what I wanted in order to be able to uh, succeed in the route that I chose to do. After I got my EIB, it, it kind of gave me a little bit more confidence in myself and my oh, ability yeah. to like uh, okay. do what I needed to do in order to be successful. So since I did start in the unit that I started in, which is a honorable unit to be in, but for me it felt like I, I was kind of moving forward with one hand tied behind my back coming back in the infantry world. Right. Just because the old guard, their mission is something completely different. Completely different mission, yeah. So it, it gave me the, the confidence in myself that I could make it on the line unit and I could do something and push myself to the point where I'm making myself uncomfortable so I can succeed in the areas in which I wanted to. Getting my EIB gave me that confidence to where I felt like I could actually succeed in one of the more like tactfully sound units. Yeah. 
that is that is remarkable and uh, i'm really glad that i asked that question and it probably made you go i wonder what else i could do i wonder mm-hmm. what else i could accomplish um you know you could absolutely go to ranger school okay so uh, that's a whole nother point i'll let rod tackle working, that working. yeah work in that one so let's uh let's go out to uh our folks out in poland uh do you guys have any thoughts about the last question I would say if they did want to make an attempt to get the badge, which I, I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, the one thing I would... No, we're, 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 we're laughing uh. because we're, we're, not, we're not laughing at you. We're laughing at how obvious it just seems that people need to do this. Right? But people just don't get it, and it's, it's <laughs> frustrating to me. Why would you not do it? It's just an amazing experience, and you get to better yourself. Like and you the get army. to do the things you join the army. Like, it doesn't matter what you join. Hey, I joined the army to fix air conditioning units. Okay, but a part of you still wanted to play with guns. Yeah, look yeah. at you. Look at look at above your heart. What does it say? U.S. Army. It doesn't say uh, welcome to I don't know Home Depot. It's U.S. <laughs> army, dude. Like, <laughs> you are in the that army. Like, is I don't get it. Awesome, Home Depot. I'm sorry, we didn't mean to cut you off. Please continue. I I, I do apologize. No, that's fine, Sergeant Major. It's, it's fantastic. I'm having a good time. Um, I, I would just say repetition. Uh, everything that you have to do, uh, if you just go over it as many times as you possibly can, anybody can do it. You just got to try your hardest and put all you have into it. I think you're spot on with your comment. Everybody can do it. Anybody can do it. And more importantly, everybody is eligible to either go for their EIB or ESB. If somebody in your leadership is telling you you are not eligible, Come talk to me. You know, we haven't mentioned the EFMB, and we have to give credit to those folks because that thing yes. is no joke. Yeah, we do. And uh, we need to, we'll probably, maybe we need to do a whole separate podcast because yeah. that thing is ridiculous. I don't even want to talk about that. Shout out, shout out to all you folks with those uh, EFMBs. Yeah, uh, last... I, I know it's tough. Just in my squadron alone, when I was a squadron CSM for the last EFB, we sent 17 people. You know how many people got their EFMB? Zero. Right. Mm. As a regiment, I think we said 37. You know how many got there? EFMB? How many? Zero. Hey, so medical first personnel, if you're listening, I want to do it. If you would allow me to do it, I am down for the challenge. I don't have to wear it. I don't have to do any of that stuff. I am just putting myself out there volunteering because I want to take on that challenge. So just give me a spot. 100% I want to do it as well. Let's do it. All right, we've got to get it tattooed on our chest after we get it What? Done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Cortez. Uh, I, I would love to hear from you. So I know that you are probably, you know, thinking yourself, what am I going to do differently to make sure that I'm successful this next time other than uh, what we call in the infantry hate and anger. Uh, we'll get you through a lot. Uh, but other than that, what, it, what would you say? The advice that I would have, Star Major, I would say uh, there's really nothing to lose. There's really nothing to lose. To me, that just doesn't make sense, like, why people wouldn't want to try for it. I mean, if you try for it, let's say, and you don't get it, what what are your penalties? You're going to get Article 15. You're going to get UCMJ. Like, is is that what happens? It's an option. No. Maybe we should look into that. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> None of that happens. You don't have any penalties for going and failing at all. Like, you just, it hurts your pride, but that's it. But what about it? Like, even though if it hurts, you're going to build up on it again. And when you get it, that feeling is going to be so much more amazing because you know you fought for it so hard and you gave it your everything. Mm. Now, let's say 
you if you do go like and you do you do get it like you know you get that badge like so i i feel like it's a win-win situation i don't understand why people are being scared even leaders like as leaders but we should see it as no we need this we need to get this because we're setting the example that's what our nco creed says like we need to set the example and what example are we setting if we're not doing it if we're not taking that step forward and as soldiers well, you guys want to become NCOs, you know, you guys want to lead, you guys want to be a star major, a first time one day. Okay, well, this is your chance. Take this and run with it. Preach. Demonstrate to the world that this is what you want. This is what we joined. We joined the military to be amazing soldiers, and we're not going to be amazing by just doing our job. We oh, my go. God. Yeah, I'm motivated. Run, right now. I'm motivated. Run. I want to oh. go, go for a run now. Yes. Sorry, Cortez, you are knocking this out of the park. <laughs> Keep on going, please. But, yes, you have to go for that airborne, that pathfinder, everything right you on. can get. You have to be hungry for it. And honestly, that's that's my advice. Do it, and if you get a no-go, what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. You want it? Okay, great. Go do it. Now you got it? Amazing. Either or, the outcome, like, you're going to get something out of it. It's not going to hurt you. Sergeant Cortez, you've got us all fired up. I'm sweating. Uh, I mean, I, I, I sweat. I, I, I am like, I am hot. <laughs> that was awesome and i really can't thank you enough um for all your comments and uh you know just your transparency that's awesome sorry humphrey you had uh you had something you wanted to add as well try to top that <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna have the ability yeah, to good top luck. that yeah good luck. no but uh sergeant cortez i am excited to see after this one or the next esb that you have the ability to do to where you can sit back as a grader and see from the grader's perspective because uh, one of the most important things in order to get your ESB or EIB is to swallow your pride, which is yes. is exactly what you did, and especially Specialist Meekins did multiple times over, staying late, working hard, asking questions, asking the difficult questions. It's all about understanding that you can play the fool for the first portion, but after a while, you're going to start to learn the mistakes and then you fix those mistakes, that's when you become an expert. No one starts and is immediately just an expert. They always start the fool. And then after that, after they swallow their pride and ask those difficult questions and made those decisions, that's whenever it actually starts to come together. This is exactly what we want from our podcasts. We want people just with their passion and the conviction and their voices and are, are saying the things that you guys are saying. Uh, it's just, uh, it's amazing. And I could not have, uh, I could not have expected this to go any better. So we're going to go around the horn and everybody's going to give tips and tricks. Go ahead. For me, this is what I would recommend that you all do. When you show up to your station, uh, the first thing you need to do, you need to find a group. Try not to be the smartest person in the group because you're going to spend a lot of time teaching others instead of learning from others who are smarter than you. So identify that right away. Again, goes back to swallow your pride. And then ask the NCOICs of the stations if he would allow you to record. This is especially very important for medical lane because the medical lane you can see, record, Read the book. Um, you can practice on the folks, with your friends, with your family, all the medical tasks. That is going to get you a success on medical lane. Weapons lane, I advise that you work on a sequence before anything else. Don't worry about the time. Do not fight the clock on the first week because when it comes to testing, you're going to be fighting the clock and you're going to have a bad sequence. So 
Get familiar with the weapons. If it takes you a minute and a half and you're supposed to do it in 30 seconds, trust me, the 200th time that you do it, it will take you 20 seconds. But be very careful with the uh, mask, the decon uh, station. Put it on your mask. So something you can start practicing now. Carry your mask with you at all times. When you're having a break, when you're going out and you say, you know what, I need a, I need 10 minutes to decompress, put your mask on 10 times, practice that. Or if you wait until the day that you're going to test, you're going to fail. With patrol lanes, it's easy for some individuals, but for others, it's a little bit more difficult. For a lot of the infantrymen, EIB, it's going to be quite easy. But for ESB, that's where a lot of the individuals struggled, actually trying to understand some of the tasks and, and some of the map things in particular. For the weapons, 100% trust the sequence. Whenever I was doing the Mark 19, people would be like, hey, let me get rounds, let me get rounds. Each time, no, you're not going to get rounds. Once I trust your sequence, once I've watched your sequence and I know for a fact your sequence is solid, then I'll give you a round. Until then, no, I'm not doing it. A lot of people had a pro had problems with that. A lot of people were like, oh, what are you doing? I'm just going to talk to your NCIC. I'm like, fine, if you want to talk to my NCIC and you want rounds now, go to him. But your sequence is going to be destroyed. Yeah. And then come test day, you're not making that one minute. Right. You're going to be 101, 102, and you're struggling the entire time. Mm -hmm. Medical lane. I mean, that's a beast in and of itself. Talk to your graders. Uh, whatever your grader wants you to do, do that. And that's it. But time is not a thing on medical. Exactly. Everything that you wish you had on weapons day is exactly what you have on medical lane. Every single time. Yeah. And everything. If you were to go back on my uh, the prep test days and you were to look at my grade sheet, over half of it was red. Uh, some double no-goes. I... I the, the prep test days, going through the sequences, and I got no-goed on time, pretty much all of them. And, and some of them I got no-goed for messing up the sequence. So my advice would be, until test day, don't, don't rush yourself. Take the time you need and just learn it. You know, know how to do it from start to finish without thinking about it. And then come test day, when you need to do it in time, your body will just move through it smooth. Mm -hmm. You can go quickly, and it'll be no problem. There it is. Awesome record they said um you know ask the person there the ncoic if you can go ahead and record the movements and if they say yes then go ahead and record it play it in your room play it whenever you can because it's definitely going to help you also read through the book i think also having somebody else to help you there to help you to ask you the questions or watch you do it step by step and they'll they'll correct you um, another thing, too, that I think is a, a big thing, personal time. Feel like you still need help, you need to stay. And it's going to suck because you're going to be there an hour, two hours, but it's how bad do you want it? Do you want it that bad? Okay, we'll stay and fight through it. Go through it. Go through the motions. And then once you get back, before you go to bed, go through it again. And then I, and I would definitely say, like um, when you're going through each lane, focus on that lane, just specifically on that lane. If you're thinking about a different lane, mm -hmm. if you're on the uh, doing mm -hmm. CPR and you're yep. thinking about a 50 cal, okay, then you yep. need to you need to move from that lane because obviously you're not focusing solely on that lane, and that's not going to help you. Mm -hmm. Yep. I definitely think those are some some things that you need to consider as you're going through it. For my aspect, if I was going to tell anybody, you know, what advice would I give, what tricks or tips or anything else, I would tell them, just do it. Just go. Just go, and we will teach you.
you have two weeks of training. And if you dedicate yourself to the process and you make it your priority, you have a strong chance of being successful the last week. I challenge all soldiers to go get their ESB and EIB. If you're in 2CR or not, um, you are part of the familia. You can even get it. Even the public affairs tech uh, listener behind the soundboard, you can absolutely go get your ESP hmm. because it will make you a better soldier. It will make you a better leader, and you will be better for it. And if you haven't gotten that from all the people talking at this podcast, then you apparently were not paying attention. Yeah. We want to keep these going, but we want to make sure that they're engaging. If you have any ideas of anything that you would like to have us cover, please let us know. Contact the PAO and make your suggestion. Also, if you would like to be on a podcast, again, contact the PAO because we want to bring soldiers in across the entire regiment and have them contribute to this. 